I know you've heard it as much as I have, if not more, and it goes something like this. My religion is very private. My faith is between me and my God. Or a man must never wear his religion on his sleeves. Or something like this. One of the two things must never discuss is religion. They tell you, I don't have to go to church to prove that I'm a Christian. That's all right. That's true. Well, this one I heard more often than I can really want to hear it. I can worship God on the golf course just as good as I worship in the church. (laughs) But I want to tell you unequivocally that the main reason for all of this is evading the real issue in life. The main reason for this is that people do not want to face the fact that their religion is not the truth. It is not following the truth. They will have to give up control in their life. And they don't want to do it. They're often aware of the fact that they want to live their life the way they want to live it. They want to please themselves. They want to do whatever they want to do and they don't want to please God. Therefore, what they do, natural man does, is weave this web of deception that says that I have my private religion. (laughs) Or that the subject of religion is very personal. Can't talk about it. They can talk about sex, but they cannot talk about religion. Or that everyone has their God, and I have mine. Now, how do I know that this is a falsehood, that I know this is a a lie from the pit of hell? I know why, and I'll tell you why. Because this has nothing to do with following of Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself says so. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 14. Listen to what Jesus said to his followers about his followers and to his followers. He said, you are the light of the world. (laughs) A city set on the hill cannot be hid. Forget about your private religion. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel. <laughs> there is no such thing as secret believer. But it puts it on a stand that it may give light to all in the house. Let your light therefore shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. And what Jesus is saying in that very short, brief statement is this. It is absolutely ludicrous to say that my religion is private. To say that my faith is private, my religion is private, is tantamount to lighting a candle and putting a can on top of it. I have never met anyone who truly has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and they work so hard to keep it a secret. Even in countries where people's lives are on the line, they could die or go to prison for confession of Jesus Christ. They are never afraid of that. And the reason that people who have so-called secret religion, and they want to keep it secret, and they want it to remain a secret, is because their religion is not the biblical religion. It is not biblical Christianity. And... That is why Jesus made it very clear at the outset. In John chapter 3, he said, Unless you be born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. 
That is why Jesus made it clear at the outset that unless you commit your life to Him, unless you come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, unless you receive His death on the cross as substitutionary death for your sin, then you will never going to see heaven. People think that they were just going to live their life and then they're going to die and then everybody's going to go to heaven. Forget it, that is a lie. A lie that a lot of people bought into. It's a deception. Jesus said to his followers that they are to shine. Everybody can see. Hiding under a bushel is nonsense. Doesn't make sense. And that is why the Apostle Paul tells the Philippians in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15. He said, believers, you are to shine as light in the world. And the Greek word here that's used, it is very akin to the word that is used for a lighthouse. Even back then, they used lighthouses that used oil to burn. And they put these lighthouses on a seashore, especially dangerous seashores. These lighthouses were placed in these dangerous coasts to appraise vessels of the danger. They were placed there in order to save them from shipwreck. So, it is with the followers of Jesus Christ. They are to shine in this dark world. Some time ago I told you this story. That was originally printed in the Naval Institute magazine and it's widely circulated. About how this battleship that was maneuvering its way in a very dark and dreary and foggy night. And the light coordinates saw a light from a distance. He told the captain, he said, we seem to be heading for a hit-on collision with another vessel. And the captain gave orders to the signal man. He said, send the other ship this note. Tell them to change course 20 degrees. Return, the message came back. It's advisable for you to change course 20 degrees. And the captain was getting a little bit incensed, and and he said, I am Captain Smith of X, Y, and Z battleship. Change course 20 degrees. The response came, I am a seaman second class so-and-so, and and you had better change your course 20 degrees. By that time, the captain was furious. He said, who does he think he is, the second class seamate? Send this message. Yelled at his signal man. He said, send this message. said, I am battleship X, Y, and Z. Change course 20 degrees immediately. And there came the response. I can't change course. I'm a lighthouse. (laughs) (laughs) That is who we are in the world, lighthouses. Unfortunately, so many in the church of Jesus Christ are trying to change the lighthouses and alter the course. The lighthouse often does not talk. Listen carefully, please. Because these are familiar sentences and familiar statements in the Scripture, salt and light, that we often use them and we don't really have a grasp in what they really mean and how they mean to your life and in my life and every day. Light does not talk, but light shines. A lighthouse often does not beat drums, but its light is a welcome sight to lost mariners. Let your light shine, said Jesus So that all men may see it. And I have thought of three things that light does. There's something you know instinctively. And I want to underline those. First of all, light is visible. Secondly, light has to guide. And thirdly, light warns. 
Light has, by its very nature, is visible. We saw in the last message that salt is hidden, but light is obvious. Salt works secretly, but light works openly. Salt works within, but light works without. Salt is the indirect influence of the gospel, but light is more direct. Salt works through our living, but light works through our testimony. Salt works negatively, namely, all it can do is retard corruption. It cannot change it, but light exposes it. Light is positive. It reveals the wrong and it replaces it. Reaching the lost, that's light. Equipping the saints, that's salt. And if you are in Jesus Christ, you are light, as we saw from the last message. It is not that you have a vote. It is not that you can choose to be light. You are light whether you like it or not. You are to visibly shine everywhere you go. In countries like ours where we have freedom of religion, when we have freedom to express ourselves, we might not have it for much longer, but as long as we have it, there is no such thing as a secret disciple. I want to tell you this. Please hear me right. Either secrecy destroys the disciple, or discipleship destroys secrecy. You choose. Because you are the light of the world, whether you like it or not, whether you choose it or not, therefore you are to shine. Where should you shine? In the church on Sunday morning? No. Jesus would have said, you are the light of the church, and he didn't say that. (laughs) Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Light, therefore, must shine in the marketplace. It must shine out there in the factories, in the offices, in the boardrooms. It must shine out there in the medical practices and in the colleges, in the universities, in the schools, on the golf course and in the kitchens. The light must shine at work and at leisure. Everywhere you go, the light has to be there because you are the light. Secondly, light guides. When someone is lost in the darkness, (laughs) it is a delight To see some light from a distance. It is a comforting thing to see light from a distance. I speak from experience because I get lost going home. I have absolutely no sense of direction. And if I'm somewhere, I get lost. It is comforting to know there is a light somewhere that I can, you walk toward it, you drive toward it, you sail toward it, whatever condition you may be, until you get to that light. Why? Because light indicates that somebody is there that can tell you where to go. And that's what you and I are, a light. The people see us and they come to the Lord Jesus Christ because he dwells in us and therefore they will come and will guide them to him. I'll never forget one night I got lost in the Dejure Mountains of Switzerland and somehow the Swiss people, very, very economical. They don't waste money. They don't put street lights. And in those mountains are very dark. They're very bleak. I mean, I cannot even describe to you. And there were you driving on the mountain on the edge of a cliff, 2,000 feet sheer drop one end, and they got the wall on the other. And you, even your light of your car doesn't help you very much. And after you drive for a while, and three hours later, you end up in the same place. And you said, I recognize this place. <laughs> it's a terrifying experience. I've been in at least a couple of times. And then you see a faint light. At a distance, coming from some chalet. And I don't care how far it is, you're going to keep going there, even if it's away from your direction, in order to see somebody there tells you where to go. How far you have been lost. 
light guides. And when you and I live our Christian life openly and visibly, by nature, by the very nature of our life, people are going to ask questions. You don't have to go out there and beat them on the head. They will come and they will ask you questions. Why are you different? Why are you peaceful in times of trouble? Why are you contented where you are? Why are you not fearful and fretting like others? Why are you not anxious and worried about the future? Why are you not cheating your employer when you could have? Why are you scrupulously honest and truthful? Why? People will ask you questions. When Jesus lived his life the way he lived it, in so contrast to the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day, people asked him all sorts of questions. Because that's what light does. Jesus is the light of the world. And if you are in Jesus Christ, you must reflect Jesus' light. You must carry Jesus' light. He said, I am the light of the world while I'm with you. Then, Then now you are the light of the world. You cannot help it. You have to. There is no choice. You are a light, whether you like it or not. It's a matter whether you got a bushel over your head or not. (laughs) Some of you, sons and daughters, have unbelieving parents. And these parents are looking at you. They're watching you. They're seeing the change that's happening in your life. And they want to know why. Why have you changed? Some of you have an unbelieving spouse. And they're looking at you. They're seeing the change in your life. They're watching you. You have a colleague at work and he's seeing your life and he's watching you. Believe it or not, they are. Whether they tell you or not, they are watching you. And they're asking themselves all the time, can this change happen to me too? Can I too cease to be hateful and revengeful and become loving? Can I too cease to be jealous and envious and become affirming? Can I too cease to be short-tempered and become control, have control over my temper? Can I too cease to be arrogant and become humble? Can I too cease to be selfish and self-centered and become selfless person? Can I too cease to be lying and scheming and manipulative and become truthful and honest? Can all of this happen to me too? They're asking themselves all the time as they're watching you operate in your life and in your business. Can this change happen in my life? Jesus said that when people see your good works, they're going to glorify your Father in heaven. The word is much larger and means a lot more than just doing some good work. Now the Apostle Paul said we are predestined unto good work in Ephesians. And we are and we must honor that. And we are all involved in good works in some way or another. And if we're not, we ought to be. But the word here has much larger connotation than that. Than just doing volunteer work. The word here means the change that has taken place in your life. That work of God that has been done in you. That people are going to see that. And they're going to turn around and say, something happened to him. Something happened to her. And they're going to glorify your Father in heaven. They will know that this change in your life, that this change in my life is not my doing. is not something that I could do. It is a supernatural intervention of God. And therefore... They will not focus on me. They will not focus on you. They will say, I want to know this God who has changed you so. People are going to say, I want God to do in my life what he's done in your life. People are going to glorify your Father who's in heaven because of what he has done in your life and in my life. 
We are the light of the world, says Jesus. Therefore, we must serve to guide others from darkness into his marvelous light. I don't know about you, but I found that concept to be really terrifying. I don't mean terrifying in terms of living in fear. But I mean terrifying in terms of keeps me on my knees. People are watching you all the time. Your children are watching you all the time. Your relatives are watching you all the time. They want to see whether you're shining. They want to see the light of Christ shining through you, shining through me. And I don't mind telling you, it keeps you on your knees. Jesus said about being an offense to a little one. Light is visible. Light guides. Light warns. Light often tells us there's a danger ahead. Be careful. (laughs) And I want to tell you, in all honesty, I think this is probably one of the hardest things, one of the most difficult tasks of the light, to be warning. Because human nature the way it is, people don't like to be warned. They just don't like it. They want to do their thing. They want to go it alone. They want to do it their way. And they don't like warnings. When Matthew announced the birth of Jesus Christ, he said the people who sat in darkness saw a great light. But John goes to tell us that not everybody followed the light. But those who have received him, said John, have become the children of light. There is no third group. The world is divided into two segments. There are the children of light and there are the children of darkness. There are no children of amber. And the closer you walk with the original light, the Lord Jesus Christ, the more you shine and the more you shine, the more people see that light and and some of them will come and they will follow you to the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are some who will not. There are some who will see you as a threat to them. Many of you know what I'm talking about. Some are going to react negatively. They don't want to be warned. They don't want to change. Don't confuse me with the facts, they say. In John chapter 3, listen to what the Bible said. We don't have to have to go around condemning the world. I want to tell you how the world is condemned. Here's what John said. He said, this is the condemnation. You want to know how what condemns the world? Here's the condemnation. That the light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. John said that the reason they don't want to heed the warnings of the light is because their deeds will be reproved. And they don't want that. They don't like that. And that is why they tell you that the religion is private. That's why they tell you that their religion has got to be kept secret. Because they live in the dark and they don't want the light to come and expose the darkness in their life. They don't want the light to shine into those dark areas of their life. How many of you know that light often serves as an irritant? Think about it. Light can serve as an irritant. I don't mind telling you. That light served as an irritant to me before I became a Christian. Before I committed my life to Jesus Christ. I hated Christians. I didn't want anything to do with them. I hated evangelists and preachers. And they're constantly coming to my house. Telling us that they're coming to visit my siblings. But I know that I was the only lost person in the family. I'm the only one they're coming to. And I'll see them and I go out the back door. They were irritating to me. 
And that is why the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, and he said, for you. And that is why the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, he said, for you once were darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. And I was preparing this and I thought of how light irritates. I thought of that story that I heard years ago, even back in my childhood. Story of a nomad in the desert who was in his tent one night and he woke up in the middle of the night and he was hungry. So he lit a candle. And he got a bowl of dates that was sitting there by his mattress. And he took one and he took a bite. And he looked in the light and he saw a worm in it. And he tossed it out of the tent. So he took another date. Took a bite of that one. Here's a worm in it. Tossed it out too. But before long he realized that if he's going to keep going that way... He's going to throw them all out and he's going to go hungry. And he didn't like that. So what did he do? He blew out the candle and quickly ate the dates with all the worms. (laughs) He got irritated by the light. And you know, there are many people who see the warnings of the light as a threat. Therefore, they would rather blow out the candle and eat all the worms. (laughs) then face the fact about their eternal life. In eternity, they will end up in hell and suffering and the gnashing of teeth. Light not only exposes the darkness, but it points away out of the darkness. Knowledge will not get you to heaven. Education will not get you to heaven. Political action will not get you to heaven. International diplomacy will not get you to heaven. I thank God for all these things and ought to do all these things. But I want to tell you that what we need today, what we must desperately need in this country today, is for Christians to shine the light of the gospel. What we need is for Christians to shine as moons reflecting the light of the sun. What we need today is for Christians to fill their lamps with the oil of the Holy Spirit so that the light of Christ may shine lighter today and brighter. Now, there are some people, of course, who think that uh, being light (laughs) means that you take a flashlight and shine it in people's eyes. (laughs) How many of you know that this blinds people? (laughs) But our light must not be displayed in anger, but in love. Our light must not be displayed in reaction, but in compassion. Our light must not be displayed in revenge, but in thoughtfulness. And if you and I to be like the Lord Jesus Christ, that original light of the world, we must have compassion for those who are living in darkness. Especially those who are irritated by your warning light. We must be compassionate. Here's what the Bible said. Jesus saw them as sheep without a shepherd. And he had compassion on them. And we too, in shining his light, must do so with compassion and with care and with gentleness. There may be some of you here today who would say, well, this is beyond me. This, I am the kind of person who have always said that uh, my religion is private. And now I know it's because I do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I might have been into churchianity for so long, but I've not been into a relationship with Christ. Well, you can do that today. When we come to the Lord in prayer, say, Lord Jesus, 
Shine your light. I come to you. I repent of my sins and he'll forgive you right now and make you a light. Some of you may say, well, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I know I'm born again. I know that if I die today, I will go to heaven. But you know, out of fear, I have put a bushel over the light. I have not been visible. I have not let my light shine before men. God can deliver you from that fear and give you courage today. Heavenly Father, we come to you individually, but we come to you as a body. But you see each one of us in each heart, and every one's need is different from the other. And we thank you that you do not treat us with the cookie-cutter principle, but you treat us each individually. Father, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that the power of the Holy Spirit will come and invade every heart that is bowing before you. Now, Father, that you deliver your people from fear, that you'll give them courage. And I pray in the name of Jesus that those who have been into this private religion club and be delivered from that and turn to you afresh today. And Father, send us out in this world to be light, truly the light that you would have us be. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.